0: Um, well, today I'm going to do what I call a single-shot sermon, all right? It's, it's not a pump-action series, you know, for you gun guys. It's a single shot. You get one shot, and that's it. Uh, but this is not part of a series. It is just one one-off sermon focused today in our teaching about Friendsgiving Day, looking toward Thanksgiving. Uh, let me start by just saying and asking you this question today. What would it take for you to truly be happy right now? What would it take? I mean, don't hold back. Money's not an issue, or maybe it is the issue. Maybe that's what will make you happy, right? You need more money. Um, Anything. It could be anything in the world. In your mind, right now, secretly in your mind, you're thinking if I just had this, I would be happy. For me, in this moment, 85 degrees, a lot of sunshine low humidity drink in this hand and chips and salsa in this hand just floating in a pool with not a worry in the world that's what would make me happy right now every year my wife and i go down to florida with her parents they rent a place down there and usually it has a pool and my kids and wife just like they want to go to the beach i don't like the beach i don't like sand I hate sand it just makes me you know it's just like gets in my nerves i'll go to the beach because i love my family and i want to go but they always are just shocked at how long and many hours dad can just get in a in a tube and just float in the pool and just soak in the sunshine and it's like dad you're going to get waterlogged i'm like i don't care you know i just love just sitting there not a worry in the world i got nowhere to go no people to see no appointments no lists to get done That's my happy place. All right. And I get it once a year (laughs) because I live in Indiana. But happiness looks different for just about every one of us here today. Some of you might say, you know, I'd be happy if I could just get that promotion at work. Or if, if I could just lose some weight, then I'd be happy. Right. Or if I could just upgrade my car, or upgrade my house, or upgrade my husband. No, I didn't write that one down. Or upgrade my phone, right? If I could just upgrade something in my life. So, you know, uh, I saw a guy pull a phone out the other day. I don't even know how I could even t- see anything on it. it was, the screen was cracked in a thousand places, and he was on there trying to do something. And I'm like, dude, you need to upgrade. You need a new phone. Or maybe get that extra week of vacation that you've been hoping for so that you can go spend it in a week in a pool somewhere, right, in sunshine. But those are kind of surface things, and those things we think of, and and it's okay to think of those things, and sometimes those things do make us happy for a moment. But there's some deeper things in our life that come around, richer things that we think might make us happy. Maybe getting pregnant, especially if you're struggling with infertility. Getting healthy, if you're struggling with a disease or an illness. Getting your finances in order, especially if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you just don't feel like you can get any traction in your financial world. Or maybe getting married because you've been single for a long time and you're thinking you're just getting past your time. These are deeper things that sometimes we don't say out loud, but we think might make us happy. Whatever it is for you, I bet it's easy for you to think of at least a couple of things in your life right now in this moment that you think will make your life just a little more happy. Whether it's surface level or deeper, that would make your life happy right this moment. These things are okay to pursue. I want you to hear that from me today. It's okay to desire them. It's okay to want them. It's okay to pursue them. Because i got to be honest with you. If you didn't, i think you're a weirdo. I mean, I don't know anyone who's going to wake up tomorrow on Monday and say, Wow, you know, I really want this, happy, this week to be an unhappy week. I really hope this week is miserable for me. I really don't want that promotion. I really don't want more money in my bank account. I really don't want to meet a special someone. I don't know anybody who wakes up on Monday and thinks, boy, I hope my weekend is just lousy. You'd be a weirdo, right? It's okay to think about these things. It's okay to pursue these things. It's okay Most of us are looking for happiness, and we pursue these things thinking that they will make us live better lives. But there's a problem with that. Not that it's wrong, but if it's your focus, there's a problem. While all these things can make us happy for a moment or for a season, they always leave us wanting more. They always leave us wanting more. They always leave us just happy for a moment, but not quite satisfied. Here's what I found to be true. And maybe you have too. Happiness is often in sight, but just out of reach. It's in sight. You can see it. You can tell it's there. You can see that new car. You can see that promotion. You can see that other person in your life that you think would make you happy. You can see these things, but they always just seem to be just a little out of reach. What if we've gotten it wrong? What if, and we're going into the season, right? where the commercials are starting and the marketing is starting and everybody's got a statement for you. This will make your life happy. But what if we've got it wrong? While all these things can make us happy for a while or for a season and they leave us wanting, what if the reason happiness is so elusive is because we're looking for happiness in all the wrong places? What if true lasting happiness wasn't found in a promotion or a new car or in our finances or even in physical healing? What if being complete and being whole is found completely in something else? This is exactly what our Bible study today is about. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to luke chapter 17 i'm going to have it up here for you it's the story of the 10 men with leprosy let me just read for you verse 11 through 13 to start as jesus continued on toward jerusalem so he's on his last leg of his ministry He's been working. He's been ministering. He's been healing people. He's been telling his disciples, you know, this is who I am. He's been revealing himself. I'm the son of God. I am the incarnate, which means he is God become flesh. I'm here, but let me tell you, I'm going to Jerusalem, and they're going to kill me there, and they're going to crucify me, and it's okay because on the third day, you know, I'm going to rise from the dead. And it's just a great story, but they don't quite get it. But they're on their way to Jerusalem to the end of his life. He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus! You know how I know they did that? No, I wasn't there. But you know how I know they did that? Because by law, they couldn't get closer than 150 feet. So, you know, that's further than the back of the sanctuary. So if I said, Jesus, no, they said, Jesus, Master, that's important. Have mercy on us. Leprosy. What a terrible disease. We don't have it much here anymore. There are parts of the world. We know that doctors have actually studied this, and from the symptoms that are given in Scripture and from historical accounts of what leprosy was and what happens today, they believe it's called Hansen's disease. And I had a picture of someone with Hansen's disease, but I know we're having dinner here in a little bit. It's not a pretty sight. It's a terrible disease, dreadful disease. It's a disease that physically, spiritually, and relationally wrecks your life. Physically, doctors say that it starts with a white patch of skin that becomes numb. They can actually take a needle and poke people where the white patch is, and they don't feel it. Your skin becomes numb, and it begins to spread all over your body until your whole body turns this morbid gray tone. Then forms these spongy tumors on your face. And it begins to form in your internal organs. The pain and the agony of it. Toes and fingers begin to die and fall off. Teeth decay out of your mouth. Open sores begin to become commonplace, and you become blind from this disease. It would attack the larynx, and people would talk with a really gruff, gravelly voice. It kind of sounds like something like Out of the Walking Dead, if you've ever seen that. Zombies walking around, dead people who shouldn't be alive, but they are. But it wasn't just a physical disease. It was also a social and relational uh, crumbling disease for them. It was horrible. It was contagious, so they were forced to live outside of the normal community in which they lived. Little camps, little city camps would happen outside of the normal city. And when you would walk around people, you could never get closer than 150 feet Or you had to begin screaming, unclean, unclean, and people would run the other direction. They could never go home. And in the Bible, they actually made up laws for people who had leprosy. And the priests of the law would declare you unclean. They would examine you and they would see you had this disease. They would declare you unclean. So there's the spiritual side of it. And they would force you into these city camps to go out there and basically die alone around a whole bunch of other suffering, disease-ridden people. And so the law would not allow them to even come. So they had to keep this 50 feet. It was painful. It was lonely. It was hopeless. And as I said earlier, they were literally the walking dead of the day. They were of no value their community you might say these were 10 really unhappy dudes there was nothing for them to be happy about and with a hundred and foot 150 foot restraining order literally happiness was in sight but just out of reach but today was different Today, as they walked out on the road, they looked up and there in just the distance where they could see was this man named Jesus. They had heard about him. They had heard about his fame. They had heard about him being a great prophet from God. They had heard about him being a great teacher. But more importantly, they had heard that he was a healer. He was someone who could heal them. He was someone who could change their life completely upside down. If they could just be healed, then they could go back to their family, go back to their jobs, go back to their culture and their community, and back to their their relationships. If they could just be healed. And it says all ten of them said, Jesus, Master, they yelled, getting his attention that day. Now, we see in verse 13 that he said they use the word master. I told you earlier that was important. Nowhere else in Scripture has anyone but, up to this point, but the disciples of Jesus used this word. It literally means master, as though a divine weight greater than any teacher, greater than any prophet. It is a word that Jesus' closest disciples used to refer to him because he was more than a teacher, more than just a healer. And they used this word master because they recognized in him something that was greater than any of the priests, any of the doctors, any of the law that put them out there today. If these hopeless individuals could just get his attention. Get him to give them this moment of their time. Maybe their lives could be different. Verse 14. Verse 14. There we go. He looked at them and said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. It's interesting. This is one time where Jesus doesn't come up and touch them. He doesn't spit in the mud and rub it on their body. and He doesn't wave his hands over them. He doesn't, he doesn't say, be healed. He says, go show yourselves to the priests. Remember what I said about the priests? Who declared them unclean? The priests. How else could a person with leprosy get back into the community the priests jesus is just testing them go just go well aren't you going to heal us no just go to the priest and present yourself to the priest show yourself to the priest and they went it's an odd reaction from jesus But when you know the law and you understand how they're going to get back in, it was the law and the priest who excommunicated them. And so they obeyed Jesus. And as they went, it says their disease was cleansed of their body. I want you to see this for a second. All ten lepers obeyed all 10 of them it didn't say well four of them went the other four said you're out of your mind it doesn't say that all 10 of them went to see the priest they did what jesus said it was how they were healed the fact that they obeyed jesus cleansed them The ceremony didn't cleanse them. The priest didn't cleanse them. uh, Applying ointment didn't cleanse them. It was their faith, their their obedience to Jesus that cleansed them. The fact that Jesus said, go, and they went, healed them. Listen, obeying Jesus will make you happy. (laughs) Obeying Jesus Living out the laws and the rules and the the, the commandments of Jesus is a good thing. And we all should listen and obey Jesus. Doing what Jesus says brings good things, like healing for these ten lepers. All of them obeyed. All of them were cleansed. All of them were healed. All of them received the blessing of God. But... Something happened after the ten obeyed, were cleansed, and went and saw the priest. Something Luke wants us to see. Something Luke wants us to look deeper into. Something Luke wants us to know about Jesus and our obedience to him. 15 through 16. One of them not two, not three, not not even 50%, but one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. I'm not sure why nine out of ten didn't come back and give thanks to the one who healed them. If you ask them, you might hear something like, Well, I I did what he told me to. What's the problem? Right? He told me to go to the priest. I, on my way, got cleansed. So I went and presented myself to the priest. The priest declared me that I'm clean and I can go back. I'm happy. What's the problem? Maybe you heard something like this. Well, I went to celebrate with my family. Where else would I go? I mean, family comes first, right? They've really been through it. I couldn't wait to go see my wife and my kids. I, I, I'll go back later. Well, I'll go try to find Jesus later. Before it gets too late. Or maybe some of them might have said, you know what? I didn't go back because... I really thought he was going to do this like super miraculous thing right there and say, you're healed and we'd be healed. And he didn't. He just simply said, go to the priest. And while I was going, you know, I felt better. And the, I looked down and my I was better. All he did was tell me to go see the priest. Maybe he didn't heal me at all. You know, I've been trying these herbs that I saw on TV. I've been going seeing this doctor and, you know, I, I've been doing some things and, I think it's coincidence. I don't know why the other nine didn't come back. I think the truth is this. They got what they wanted. They simply wanted to be healed of their disease. That was the one thing in life that they thought would make them happy. And they got it. And their focus was more on the gift than the giver. Listen, feeling thankful is not the same thing as giving thanks. I am sure those nine were thankful that they were healed. I'm sure those nine were grateful. But the problem is they didn't honor and worship the one who gave it being thankful feeling thankful is not the same as giving thanks they all were thankful they all were thrilled they all were healed but nine out of them nine of them found happiness but did not find wholeness verse 17 Jesus asked. No, he didn't have to do that. There's only one guy standing there. He's like, where's the other nine? Didn't I heal ten? You know, I, I think Jesus was actually surprised. He's like, I, I kind of thought, you know, the statistics say at least five of you should have came back, right? One came back. Didn't I heal Ten? Where are the other nine, Jesus says. Has no one returned, listen, to give glory to God? (laughs) There's the giving thanks. Didn't anyone return to give glory to God except this foreigner, this Samaritan that the Jews don't even like? They think they're all going to hell anyway simply because they're a Samaritan? You know, just this Samaritan came back, what? I think he was shocked. And Jesus said to the man, now listen, this is the most important part of this whole story. Stand up and go. The man's laying around Jesus' feet. And he is just saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And Jesus says, get up, go. Listen, your faith has healed you. Wait a minute. I thought he was already healed, Dan. Right, I thought he was healed. The other 10 got he- the other 9 got healed too, right? C- can everyone agree with me that all 10 of them were healed? Why does Jesus say to this guy, you're the one that's healed? It's interesting, isn't it? Luke uses a word sozo It's a Greek word. Other places in the Bible, it's used, it's translated as saved. Some translate this. Jesus says, hey, your faith has saved you. It's a word that literally means to be made complete. To be sozo. Is to be whole again. It's to be complete again. It's to be restored from the inside out completely and wholly. It means to be truly happy. Obedience brought healing to the others. But gratefulness spurred by this man's faith in Jesus brought wholeness to his life. The one's thanksgiving at the feet of Jesus demonstrated a deeper level of faith and led to a greater level of personal happiness and healing and wholeness. You might say that the nine found happiness, but the one found true joy. Is it possible to receive Everything that we think will make us happy. Respect restored. Relationships restored. Standing in community restored. Jobs restored. Financial status restored. Health and physical well-being restored. But yet still be incomplete. To be unwhole. Not to be truly happy. The truth is, we've all been blessed by God. In some way or another, for some of us, we've squandered that. The blessings of God we have used for our own selfish ambition, our own selfish gain, and we've squandered it. For some, the blessings, we manage them, but we fail to recognize the giver of those blessings. We have much, we have a lot, but we're not happy. The secret to happiness is not in the gift, but it is in the giving thanks to the giver. The one man did something the other nine failed to do. He was the one that day who found true happiness true joy he received something much better than even physical healing it says that his faith has made him complete his faith has made him complete his life was restored physically spiritually mentally relationally And isn't that what we really want? So what about us today? What about you? What about me? We might not have physical leprosy. We've advanced, thank God, in our culture, in our place of living, that we've exterminated much of those diseases. That is a blessing from God. We may not have that physical leprosy, but anyone here who has a past that is broken. Sin has chained you down. The things of your past you can't seem to get over. You can't seem to move beyond, and it creates this uneasiness and this this guilt and this shame in your life. And you feel on the outside looking in when it comes to things of God. Anyone here today tired of running after all these things they say will make us happy, but you've just spent your whole life searching for them and you're not happy? Anyone here whose heart is heavy and burdened down with regret? Here's some really good news for us today. God has blessed us richly in Jesus Christ. The blessing has already been given. Jesus is the gift. That man that day knew it. He knew this man is of God. He is God in the flesh. He is something special. He is different than all the others. And he found his way. He didn't even make his way to the priest. He said, I don't need some priest to tell me that I'm healed. And he came back to the one who healed him, fell at his feet, Gave thanks, praised God, and that's what saved him. Listen to me today. Some of you are trying to overcome and get well and be better and be happy. And you go to this and you go to that and you read this and you read that. Sometimes being healthy and whole is simply an acknowledgement of thanks to the one who has saved you. The healing is in the faith of the one who heals. Look what Paul says in Romans. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from the God's con- condemnation for since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies we will certainly be saved through the the life of his son so now we rejoice we give thanks we look to the one who has saved us in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ listen has made us friends with God. That is what it means to be whole. That is what it means to be complete. That is what joy flows up out of us from. That healing, that restoration, that happiness is available, but it's only available to those who will come back and fall at the feet of Jesus and give thanks to the one who saves us. So what I want you to do today, our praise team is going to come and we're going to wrap this up today. I'm going to give you some instructions. I just want you to sit for a moment while they sing this song. We're going to close with this song. I want you to sit. I want you to think. Think about what you've heard this morning. Think about what God's saying to you. The worship team as they sing this song about midway through, I'm going to come back up and I'm going to give you some very clear instructions on how you can respond today. I'm going to ask you to give thanks, to fall at the feet of Jesus, to have faith in the one who can give you the life you're looking for. Who can bring you wholeness. Who can save you. Father, this morning, as our worship team leads us in these moments, in the next five to ten minutes. Would you just speak to our hearts? May we become soft to you. I know, Lord, there's people here who are unhappy. And their unhappiness is simply tied to their lack of giving thanks to the one who is greater than anyone that's ever walked this earth. Jesus. Your son. The holy one who died for us. Who made a way for us to be friends with God. To be right with God. To be free from our sin. Free from our shame. Free from our guilt. Cleansed like the lepers. So now in these moments, God, Be real.